Hey, it's been good uh, to be here this morning, and um, I feel inspired and and blessed in what we've had so far. Um, praise be to God. <clears throat> so, being in December, we. We think a lot of um, Christmas as we refer to it, the time of Christ's birth, his coming to earth, and we've, uh, we've heard of that, or the purpose of him coming, we've, we have uh, discussed already. Uh, and we just, we just stand in, in, uh, in awe, in a, a grateful um, grateful reverence to the blessing of of Christ's coming and, and what he provided for us. Um, it's interesting to um, to exercise ourselves in in studying, um, you know, the scriptures and and how that um, God provided the um, the prophecies, um, seeing how that how well planned. Um, Salvation is, I guess. Um, so, with the thought of Christmas Day coming up, um, I did not want to go into the Christmas story as such, and yet that's where my mind was. So, I chose instead to to look at prophecies, uh, events leading up. To Christ coming to Earth, um, and just just take a look at that, a look at those prophecies. And um, I use the the topical Bible to pick out those prophecies. Um, there were more there than than I'll be using, but um, that's how I compiled this list. And just take a look at them one by one, and um, you know, recognize it as the prophecy and um, how that it played out in in real time, I guess. And then, you know, what does it mean to us today? Um, So we see that um, very early there was already a prophecy given um, of, of a coming Savior. Um, back in, in uh, 
well at at the time of the fall of man already when when God came to Adam and Eve and because of the sin that was committed and the repercussions of that um, how that God said I will put enmity between thee and the woman he was speaking to the serpent between thy seed and her seed um, he went on to say it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel um I may have that miscopied there a little bit, but anyway, the the um, I think it's thou shalt bruise his whatever the the thing is that the the serpent as the devil will will. Uh, bruise man's heel okay he will he will cause pain and suffering conflict unbelief whatever all but the devil's head the the, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of of Satan uh, shall destroy him. Um, the seed of the woman being Jesus Christ come to earth in the form of man. Um, Okay, so we see that that at the time of of the fall of man, God already had a plan uh, to save those whom He loved, those who who love God. He He already had a plan, and um, and we we see from Scripture that this plan was was laid before the foundation of the world, and. I just recently came to realize that, and it, I don't know, it just fills me with gratitude and awe to realize that before the, the, the earth was even created, God had a plan for those who love him to, to redeem them from the sinful state that he knew they would fall into. Um, and that is precious. So, if we compare, um, Hebrews 2, verses 10 to 18, um, with, with this that, um, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of Satan. Um,
If we read these few verses, Hebrews 2, 10 to 18. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. So, if we take time to sit under the fig tree and meditate on that passage, it, there's, there's a lot there. Um, but let's take a look at verse 14. Um, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, and I think, I think we can take that personally. We as children are partakers of flesh and blood. He, Christ, also himself, likewise took part of the same. Christ took part of being flesh and blood, the same as we are. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is, the devil. Um, okay, so... Christ in his original state before he took on him the form of man did not know death. He was not subject to death. But since he took on the form of man he knew death and was, was able to, uh, to through that death destroy um, Satan. In other words redeem us, snatch us out of the, the, the grips of Satan. <clears throat> In so doing, and the, the rest of 14, and deliver them who through fear of death, and again, mankind, we're all their lifetime subject to bondage. Christ releases us from that bondage. Then in verse 16, um, which, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels. Okay, So when Christ was born, he did not take on him the nature of angels, which in my understanding would be not subject to death as well. 
But he took on him the seed of Abraham. He became man. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, again, speaking of us today, we can take that personally, that he might be merciful and a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Okay, so we, we see here that um, he was made like unto his brethren, um, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Because he was made like unto man, he understands our pain and our anxieties, um, our longings, the stress we face, and the temptations. He, he knows that. And because he knows it, he, he can be that merciful and faithful high priest. Okay, so if we go to the next um, prophecy... In Genesis 12, verse 3, um, this was said to Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So if we think of that, you know, Abraham was given the promise that, that all families of, of the earth should be blessed through him. And In looking back, we can, seems to me, easily see that um, it was because that Christ was, was in the lineage following Abraham, um, he brought blessing to all people and all nations. Um, that is what this prophecy seems to be telling me. Um, and so, if we correlate this now to um, the New Testament, uh, Romans 4.11, um, this is, is referring back into the Old Testament in the time of Moses, I believe, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of circumcision being a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. So, um, Abraham being the father of all them that believe, so, through, through Abraham, all families of the earth could be blessed because, well, in part, because Abraham is the father of all them that believe. Um, and, you know, that must be taken um, figuratively or spiritually, maybe. Um, we, we see that um, Israel is 
Israel came shortly after Abraham, but um, Israel is is um, figurative to God's people. Um, in, in their day, they were God's chosen people. In Jesus' day, <clears throat> he opened it to the Gentiles, which would include us. Um, but, but still, Israel... Um, in figure is God's people. Um, so um, in, in that sense, <clears throat> Also, Abraham is the father of all them that believe. Um, I'm afraid I kind of hobbled that up and it can't be understood very well. But um, if we think of it in figure, um, it helps us to understand how that Abraham can be the father of all them that believe. Um, in Galatians 3, 8 and 9, uh, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So that too helps us to see um, the, the truth of in thee shall all nations, or all families of the earth, be blessed. <clears throat> okay, in Genesis 49.10, um, this was now uh, Israel um, blessing his sons. Uh, he took them one by one and, and gave each of them a blessing. And... Uh, in, in the 10th verse of chapter 49 in Genesis, he was speaking to Judah, and he told him that the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. Uh, and, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Um, I didn't really look into Shiloh, but I... I'm not sure. I'll let you check into that, I guess. Um, what is the, the meaning uh, of Shiloh? Um, I'm convinced it would have something to do with with Christ. I was thinking the, the advent of peace, but I think Siloam is, is the word for peace. Um, so I'm not sure how that would translate. Um, but the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah is, was to me interesting to study. Um, the scepter is like a staff, um, but it is a, a symbol of authority or sovereignty. And who is, is better qualified to bear a scepter than Jesus Christ? Um, 
his his reign is without end. Uh, we we believe and understand that his his uh, his authority or his reign is sovereign. There is there's none other like it. There's none above it. Um, so that that quality, the the sovereignty of of Jesus Christ um, was promised here to um, to come out of the lineage of Judah um, the the Jewish nation. Uh, knew that the Messiah uh, was to be their salvation, and um, you know, like we discussed in Sunday school, that some of them were were seeking. Uh, they were studying the Scripture and meditating upon it, and and hoping to find this promised Messiah. Um, I'm not sure were they fully aware of the the sovereignty of Christ or not, um, but the 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 promise here of of that authority or sovereignty was given. Um, but if I think of of the scepter, I I always think of. Um, the story of of Queen Esther and how that um, there is a very clear example of of how the scepter was used in that day. That if anyone approached the king without being asked to come, and he did did not extend his scepter, that person was doomed to death. Um, so if, if we think of, of Christ um, carrying that scepter, so to speak, uh, and we approach him, we, we seek him, we ask forgiveness and uh, he he does extend that scepter to us, that token of forgiveness. Um, and, and he alone is the one who uh, is given to forgive us our sins. So I just... I, I like the the parallel between the the scene of of Queen Esther advancing to the king. He holds out his scepter, and she is able to make her petition, and it is granted her. That parallels to us 
coming before Christ and he, he welcomes us, he extends his scepter of grace and mercy and we pour out our hearts to him, we make our petitions known and then he grants us that. Um, he, he forgives us um, to the uttermost, I believe we read in Scripture. In Isaiah 11, 1 to 5, um, is more prophecy. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. I'm not sure was I clear. That's Isaiah 11, 1 to 5. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity of the, for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And the righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. <clears throat> so again, um, I didn't think this through. Um, we see that uh, Christ was born in the lineage of Abraham, but here it says that he's out of the stem of Jesse as well. And I can't quickly make that connection. Um, it, It is somehow. I, you know, like from Abraham down, uh, Jesse, the father of David, and we're familiar with scripture that says that, that uh, Christ is um, born in the lineage of David. Um, but anyway, it tells us here in plain words that uh, Christ comes from the line of Jesse. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, uh, Spirit of wisdom and understanding, um, verse 3, he shall not judge after the sight of eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor. Um, The, the New Testament uh, repeats that, uh, actually passes that on to us as um, a responsibility. In John 7, verse 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Um, then... Uh, 
verse 5, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. And I spent a little bit of time trying to search that out, didn't uh, really find anything other than, than just um, that uh, righteousness and faithfulness um, was was always present with Christ. Um, uh, my thought, I guess, was that uh, that Christ is the the pattern and the standard for um, righteousness and faithfulness. Um, and thinking of of Christ being the the model for these virtues. Second um, Corinthians nine nine says. His righteousness remaineth forever. Uh, speaking of Christ, I believe. Um, so, as far as as the prophecy here, um, I don't know that the significance of, or to me, the significance of Christ being born in the lineage of Jesse and David and, and all that uh, is not as much as just, you know, we, we started in Genesis at the fall of man uh, and see that God, well, even before the foundation of the, of the world, God had this plan. And it was, it was, mentioned uh, at the fall of man uh, through the prophets it was time and again it was mentioned and um, you know here again Isaiah was one of the prophets mentioning uh, the coming of a savior um, all through the ages um, these these moments were were spoken of and uh, it's just I guess to to drive home the the faithfulness of God and and uh, to to see how that he had a plan for us and that plan uh, stays intact it, it did not decrease or get lost over the, the thousands of years. Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. Um, so here, God promised that he puts in Zion 
a foundation. And to me, uh, well, I think literally this was said about um, a, a physical place amongst in Israel, okay? But for us today, I think Zion um, depicts the church, okay? So if we think of it in that manner, that the Lord promised to, to lay in the church a, a foundation for uh, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Henry taught on this recently, the, um, of the cornerstone, how important it is. And so Christ promised us, mankind, um, this foundation, something, something um, sure and true to, to build upon, to shape our lives with and, and so forth. Um, the, uh, the very foundation of, of what we believe and, and live, um, the, like Henry pointed out, that the, the cornerstone is the key to the soundness of the structure. Um, like there's, it, it is from that point that, that the walls are straight and, and um, so forth. Um, the, the end of the verse, judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. Um, the line is still used in construction today. Uh, sometimes it's a laser line, but I think there's also actual line used. And its purpose is simply to, to keep things straight. Um, so, Here's the promise, judgment also will I lay to the line. There's no, there's no crookedness about it. God's judgment is true. We can depend on it. Um, and then uh, righteousness to the plummet. And, and I didn't check into this, but I think that the plummet would, we would call it a plumb bob today, or I would. I'm not sure what Seth would call it, but. Uh, you know, it's we can depend on that. It's it is, if used properly anyway, it is true. It is correct, uh, not to be questioned, and and that is the way with Christ's righteousness. Okay, I think I will skip the next one and and go on to. Uh, Well, maybe I will mention it briefly. Every, a redeemer shall come to Zion, uh, and turn them that, and unto them that turn from transgression, in Jacob. Okay, a redeemer shall come to Zion. A redeemer comes to the, to the church, to God's people. 
um, if we if we now turn to the New Testament uh, scriptures uh, connected to this uh, Romans 5 6 and 8 uh, for when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly um, and then verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, he is always with those that turn to him, turn to Christ, away from sin. Philippians uh, 2.13 For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Okay, the last one I have here is uh, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Um, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace unto the heathen, and his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. Okay, so we are very familiar with the the account in the New Testament of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on this donkey, uh, how they spread out palm trees for it to ride over, or palm branches, um, um, shouted out, um, I can't get the quote, but Hosanna in the highest, or something on that order. Uh, we know about that, and, and here we see that it was prophesied that this is the way it was going to be. Um, just, just another verification of, of uh, you know, God knowing what, what is coming, and, and the fulfilling of his plan. Um, So if we if we take a look at um, well, first of all, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Okay, so if if we think of of you know the the era which we studied in Sunday school, people looking for the Messiah, and um, and all of a sudden here he was, you know. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Well, we too come to Christ and uh, are blessed with that. And we rejoice in, in the salvation that we are given. Um, I think the the 
second verse there, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. Uh, he shall speak peace unto the heathen. Uh, his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, from the river even to the ends of the earth. Um, you know, in the days of old, there was there was much war and fighting, and um, we really can't imagine what that was like. But Christ brought the message of peace. Uh, he 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 cut off the thing of of battle. Um, you know, the chariot, the horse, and the battle boat all ref refer to wars and fighting. Uh, he shall speak peace unto the heathen. Um, he, he brought a new lifestyle for God's people. Um, he also uh, put upon us the the burden, the responsibility of speaking um, to the world around us. Um, wars and fightings will no longer be the lifestyle of God's people. Rather, they will provoke, encourage, preach peace to the world. Jesus' reign of peace goes out to all the world, and that peace is offered to every single individual. And just visualize or contemplate in your mind the masses of people who, who reject the peace that is offered them even today. Um, we need not live in the the depravity of sin. Um, so this, uh, his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from earth, from the river even to the ends of the earth. Um, that because of what is going on today and um, it, that portion of scripture intrigued me. Um, we know that the, the war in Israel is front and foremost in, in the news, I believe. And how that even the United States is divided on that, and the the pro-Palestinian protests they chant from the river to the sea, um, Palestine will be free, meaning that Israel is they they want Israel wiped off the map. Okay, that's what is contained in that chant. From the river to the sea, the I guess it's the Jordan River, I'm not even sure, but 
it's, it's the space from one side of Israel to the other side. All of that shall be cleared out. That's what they want. Just annihilate the Jews. Recently I saw that that chant is being countered with from the sea to the river, God will deliver. And I, I like that, um, you know, to, to hear that people are, are looking to God to save them. I, I like that part of it. But what does the scripture say here? From the river to the ends of the earth, um, his dominion shall be from sea even to the sea, from the river even to the ends of the earth. Christ's dominion shall be from the river to the ends of the earth. It just trumps all of what is being chanted today. And so, I don't know, I was just inspired with that and, and rejoice in the fact that, uh, that Christ's dominion is over all and that, you know, it is... It is free, you know. All it takes is believing it and receiving it and making it a part of our lives. So that's all I have. Um, now it's your turn. Uh, please share any thoughts you might have or testimony or just your own thoughts.